2: I'm Sheila Shoige, and this is Ready To Be Real Conversations. The podcast series, right chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. This week, I speak to TV presenter, Karen Coster.
1: One thing that really struck me on Christmas Day, I went to visit mum's grave and uh, I said, I just really want something of mum around on Christmas day so we were hosting our first Christmas first Christmas in a new house and first Christmas like mum and I brought loads so stupid like brought loads of her Delph that she used to serve like Christmas dinner in from the house and as I turned around so stupid if you're not into it like fast forward this bit but I turned around I actually gasped it was a massive rainbow in the sky on Christmas day and something in me just meant like that's her just showing that's okay it's so stu- but that has happened with the rainbows a lot and obviously it does because it's Ireland and the sunshine and, and rainy spells but maybe I'm looking for it but whatever it is um, it makes me feel a bit better
2: Karen lives in Dublin with her husband John, a retired businessman, and their three kids. Finn, who's nine, JJ, who's eight, and their daughter Eve, who's five, along with their dogs Brownie and Nidge. She has a degree in English Literature and French from Trinity College and she's been working in TV for the past 20 years. In this conversation she talks about her decision to step away from her much-loved presenting job with Virgin Media's The Six O'clock Show late last year to spend more time with her family and to explore new career options. And she also speaks about her mum, Brenda, who died suddenly two years ago this May, and she shares how she's coming to terms with her passing. Here it is. This has been a big week for you. Actually, a big morning.
1: <laughs> it's been an early morning. What time is it? I should be having my dinner. Uh, yeah, I was up early this morning, up at five o'clock, which is very early. But I have to say, I do kind of like creeping out under the cloak of darkness and escaping a school. Okay. (laughs) especially on a wet morning when I saw that weather, I was like, thank God I wasn't doing the school run today. It was a manky morning to be getting three whinging kids out the door. So uh, which inevitably they do when they ask, can we take the car? And they were like, "No." so, yeah, it was very nice to dodge that bullet today. But yes, I have been up. I was on Ireland. I'm covering for the lovely Alan Hughes. So, yeah, this is lovely. I've kind of just rolled from the telly in Ballymount into here, into your gorgeous studio.
2: I just think it's really interesting because obviously I reached out to you after you made your announcement back in November that you were stepping away from your job Mm. presenting the six o'clock show Mm -hmm. and straight away. And you were somebody that was on my radar anyway, but I just thought the way you presented it, the way you just honestly told everyone why you were doing it. And I think it resonated with so many of us actually who have kids and who work and who know and feel that juggle. But anyway did that. So I obviously wanted to talk to you. But what I didn't realise is that we'd be talking on 8th of February, the same week Mm. that you're (laughs) on the cover of VIP magazine Uh, on Ireland AM. mm. It seems like you're having like quite the week. (laughs) (laughs) It all happens at once,
1: like buses, all this attention's coming at once. Yeah, it's lovely. And probably that was uh, the biggest worry when I finally pulled the trigger and decided that's it I'm going to uh, leave the six o'clock show I was like no one's going to call anymore and I'll be telling the kids it was this one time I used to be on TV and like this great time, but I gave it all up so I can be around more for you and you don't even appreciate it <laughs> so uh, it is lovely that the phone has still been calling a little bit I'm sure it'll all tail off but I'm absolutely milking it now while I can because it is lovely to be able to do stuff like this because to be honest not that I ever had uh, very much to say but if you had called me a year ago it's something like this that you Used to tip me over the edge like it was enough just to kind of do the day job, try and run the house, try and get a few vegetables into the kids and homework handed in on time. But that was always, I was always up to there with that, yeah, you know. Sure. So um, so now it's lovely to have a little bit of time and a little bit headspace to say yes to lovely things like this that come
2: along. Yeah. It's a totally new chapter, isn't it? Mm. When you go from being, you know, having the, I suppose, the secure job to yeah. now you're, you're a freelancer.
1: Yeah. And, I, that's why I didn't give that up lightly because all I'd wanted, for it felt to me for ages, was to get into telly. So to be a staff member and have all that security and to know where you're going to show up, to even things like taking maternity leave. I know it's okay, the job is still going to be there for me in six months or nine months. And like Virgin Media slash TV3 were so good to me. I took parental leave. I always had July and August off since uh, my eldest started school. But yes, it was great. We all kind of went back to school and back to work at the same time in September. So I was so appreciative of that, that it really, really was hard to kind of say, no, do you know what? Yeah. I'm actually, the other stuff is kind of too high a price to pay for the lovely job. So yeah. So when it all
2: came, push came to shove. Yeah. Because it really was the time the time involved yes. wasn't
1: it? Yeah and I think actually you said you, you know Lucy Kennedy was on your very first inaugural uh, show I remember meeting her in the corridors of TV3 and she had had her third child and she was having meetings with the bosses about living with Lucy and I said and the six or it might have even been the seven o'clock show at that stage I said you're going back to the seven o'clock show I was like oh yeah mm, I don't really know and I was like whoa 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 like I could not believe that she would walk away from a plum Gig like that's considered prime time in in telly world. You know what? Why it's a mini chat show. Like it's all you kind of strive for. You're getting to talk to big names and all the rest of it. So I remember. And then when I started doing the job, very quickly, I was like, Oh no, I get it. Because when you've kids in primary school, yeah, it, you uh, you walk out the door as they come home from school, and that is not what I really had appreciated at the time when I accepted
2: the role. Yeah, and then you're coming home when they're going to bed yeah like
1: I thought oh they're a bit older now it'll be fine but Eve hadn't even started school so then you're keeping everyone up a bit later to have a bit of time with them and I remember the first week I did the job like I was determined to make that hour two hours count that like I was doing jigsaws we were playing Twister I was absolutely wrecked because as much as I love TV and I find it not a hugely difficult job having done it for as long as I have you still kind of turn it on for the camera and you do try and razzle dazzle and there you are definitely getting the best version of me when the red light is on so then when you come home we just kind of relax, yeah. you on a glass of wine you want someone <laughs> to hand you your dinner and have a nice bath so to be like right kids let's get stuck into the homeworker. you know it was harder than I just kind of appreciated I thought leaving Ireland AM was going to change my life in the sense that I would have more energy and I wouldn't be getting up at five and I wouldn't be stressed about interviewing ministers and all that kind of stuff but when you look back probably working when the kids were asleep was you know probably a, a gift really even though it's hard to do on a long term basis it was very hard working after they came home from school yeah it's never easy though is it no it's actually there's no perfect Mm. scenario no and I knew that when I was a working mom at all stages something's got to give but it just like there was kind of a momentum gathering there that I just I could see it in them I could see it in John and I only did four nights a week I wasn't even doing the Fridays Mm. I could just see the cracks were appearing by Thursday everyone was just a bit sad and missing you yeah, just missing mom. Yeah, like you are the anchor. I know dads are great, and John is certainly a very hands-on dad.
2: But like, yeah, yeah, I'm the manager of the team. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. Assistant sure. coach And homework. I mean, what I what I'm finding really interesting because you know I have two kids, but only one is is going to school. Yeah. Is uh, I didn't realize. I was like, did I just completely <laughs> blank out this from my childhood? Is <laughs> is it, I didn't realize the homework was also done by the parent. Yeah, it's a bit much I'm to like, be what, honest. What? Oh, I've, I've, I missed that, that memo. I have no, I have no memory either of my mother ever sitting down and doing I'm like, homework with me. What? What's yeah. this about? So I know. yeah, so but you have that by three because it has Eve started school now? She has. Yeah, she's in junior infants. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Oh uh, yeah. It's now, all good going luck. On.
1: I'm. I have fully joined the abolish homework brigade. <laughs> Get rid of it. It's just causing fights and stress in every household up and down the country. So I'd be happy to say goodbye to that for
2: yeah. sure. So you were noticing this, you were feeling this, but. Yeah. Did it take a while for the decision to be made or was it instant? No, this has to happen.
1: No, um, uh, it was almost all this kind of stuff was gathering and different things were happening in the bigger picture. And like if one of those things had happened, I think I would have just kept on pushing through because for me, you just don't give up. A job like that, like the only thing I said to to Ray Foley on Today FM when he was like, what have you done? I was like, I know, I've never quit anything other than the gym. Like, I literally (laughs) don't give up on anything. I stuck out a four-year degree when I got a telly book and I was in completely the wrong course. But I was like, no, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to just finish this and then I'll get stuck in. So I'm just not a quitter. I don't pivot. I don't think it'll be fine. I'll just do this. It's like, no, you stick with it. You just make it work. And
2: uh, I... Do you know what? I... Okay, so I know you're you're using words like quitting. I, I didn't see it that way for you, though, right? Taking so us. just as somebody who was looking at, you know, what you said in the telly, I was very emotional. God, the emotion got the better of me. No, I was. It was well. I thought it was gorgeous, actually, and um, so genuine. And I just, I really felt it. I felt it was extremely uh, empowering to watch somebody take control and make a decision coming from. Uh, what they feel is more important and Mm. I thought it was honourable and I had huge admiration for you still do and it's not easy I know what it's like and Mm. anyone regardless of whether you work in the media or not stepping away from a job that you really enjoy Mm. and that is feeding that creative part of you it's really really hard to do but knowing the reason why you were doing it you'll never regret that yeah and everyone did say that to me
1: because that was my number one worry, I'm going to regret this. I'll, you know, it'll be a novelty for six months and then tumbleweeds, I'll be bored at home and I'll be bitter and I'll resent the family and I'll be like what the hell have I done? I just walked away. Like whatever Better, if someone said, your time's up Karen, we're actually getting new hosts in. That would be something else and that you know, that obviously happens in this industry but the fact that, it, and it was lovely that I was able to say it on my terms but, you know, it might have been easier if someone had just fired me to know the way because it was like, Oh, huh? you
2: don't... Leave these type of jobs, but uh, But as you said to me as well, you're not retiring. Yeah. This is yeah. not the end. No, You've you know. just made a decision that this that job, yeah. in within the hours that it was,
1: just didn't suit you to know, your life. And anymore. I couldn't commit to it and I'd been very open with the bosses you So I've been banging on, on for about a year and a half. How would you feel about pre-recording six o'clock the live <laughs> six o'clock show, two o'clock in the afternoon? Um and I wasn't going down well. So they knew they were not surprised when I came at them that like, here she comes, now she's asking for her summers off and her Christmas holidays and her Easters and all the rest of it. So they always knew my priorities, but they also knew how much I love the job so that was that's why I popped up on Ireland AM a couple of weeks after leaving because I said look I still I still want to be in this kind of family as such like keep me on the roster call me if you ever need to dig it you know I'm a safe pair of hands I'll try and be flexible but it's just I couldn't commit to four nights a week and the show needed the continuity of someone there and I felt like the show deserves and the viewers deserve someone to love being there Um, and I just wasn't able to make that commitment anymore yeah it's hard though it's very
2: hard. It's very hard. Let's go back to the the beginning, because I know it's about twenty years. You're in yeah. telling, is it? Yeah, I was twenty two when I started yeah. there. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was a runner, so I, I do you know what I would have done. God, she's I was trying to get work spins in TG Carr at one stage. I was oh, yeah. screen, my very first screen <laughs> test was Ascoy Elga, which is so humiliating. It was so oh, bad. No, brilliant. Yeah, I was still in Trinity and there was literally like an ad on one of the notice boards and they were looking for I can't even remember what it was, but they were like, Do you have Irish dare Productions were the people behind it? And I was like, No, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> and so that was terrible. But then once I knew someone in there and I was like I'm going to get an email for him. So during the last couple of years of my degree, I was trying to get some work experience. And then I managed to get on, like they call it like a panel of runners. I don't know if it's the same. On Orty and Ryan Turbidee was making a quiz show called All Kinds of Everything. And uh, Maria Rosenstock was on that. So I was a runner on that. And Neil Delamere was the warm up guy. I remember it so vividly. And um, then uh, I had auditioned for this thing. (laughs) things I didn't get. And Caroline Morhan <laughs> ended up winning. It was like um, Oh, that's right. It was called The Selection, selection box. box. It was like a reality show to find a presenter for this quiz. It actually predated pop stars, so It was actually, you know, ahead of its time. Caroline Morhan won that. I didn't. I was devastated and I went off and went to the Trinity Bowl that night going, I have
0: TV <laughs> I'm going to be a presenter. i was so close.
1: Um, but that just gave me the taste. So I used to hound at productions for any little scrap of work that they would give me. Then I got a, the runner job in Ortee and then again TV3 advertised for a uh, reporter role for AM. I I didn't get that either. But uh, they asked, would I like to join as a researcher and potentially fill in for Alan Hughes on the weather? So
2: then that was kind of my apprenticeship. That's where I kind of, I feel my so real kind of college
1: started. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: and yeah. then obviously the big gig, which was on TV for so long. And really, I think it's safe to say, was iconic oh, in its time. loved it, yeah. I so.
1: I feel like it's, it's gone so long now. It nearly feels like there's a bit of nostalgia for it. Yeah, we had an absolute ball making that show. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was the the dream gig to be honest. It was uh, for anyone too young to remember that hair hurts actually when people say they watched it when they got home from school. I'm like, ow, oh, <laughs> I'm old. So yeah, like that job was I remember again going for a screen test for that and they wouldn't tell me what it was for. They wouldn't. They were like, you do the weather. Will you read out this bit of water And they wouldn't tell me what it was for. It was against a green screen. There was all these lines but it was like a cel- I could tell it was celebrity and I'm like that was just totally my bag it's like a 23 year old 24 year old I was like oh my god it's a celebrity news show so I made sure that they knew I was uh, very interested and then sure when we, we were up and running and Lorraine Keane was at the helm we thought we got the best jobs on TV it was red carpets it was interviewing celebrities yeah. we were at fashion weeks we were at awards shows we had an absolute ball doing it I loved it
2: And what I, am I I right in thinking that it wasn't just a case of doing the reporting, but you were doing a lot of the video editing and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were were very hands on. Yeah, like Mm. you
1: literally, and it was,
2: you know, <laughs> back in the day at tapes, how old?
1: I uh, just feel like technology's moved on very fast. I'm actually not that old, but we could be in London and you'd have your tapes and you'd be racing to get your flight home and going straight into TV3, putting your tapes in the machine, loading them up and editing them and choosing your music and your shots. And it was like we were literally sitting there with headphones like this going. Which yeah. was brilliant because then, once you knew how to do it, you kind of yeah. you were literally producing your own segment, your own part of the show. So uh, it was it was brilliant the the sort of control and freedom we were given. So yeah, I do kind of look back on that as my heyday. You know, it was uh, it was just fun, and we got access to. Oscars, BAFTAs, Cannes Film Festival, New York Fashion Week. We were backstage. It was such a buzz. Honestly, I loved it. Give us a few names, because I know you spoke to a lot of biggies. Yeah, that's a while ago now, but... Beyonce? Beyonce's in there. Rihanna, Julia Roberts. Um, who else? God, I'm going blank now already. Because I was always very shy about getting pictures. Lisa Cannon and Glenda Gilsmore were brilliant. They would jump on anyone's lap and jump it. <laughs> and ask for a picture. I was like, I'm so sorry for bothering you. So... Um, God, I can't think. Sarah so. Jessica Parker was fabulous. Um, did you yeah. ever get to meet your doppelganger, Reese? <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for saying that. Uh, I think I've aged out of that now. Fewer and fewer people are saying that I'm You, got you my did years. get a lot
2: of that though, didn't you? I the did, Reese Witherspoon
1: Yeah. And um, what's his name? I always get his name wrong. Oh. Famous Morgan Freeman said it to me actually in a junket, and he said, You remind me of that actress. And it was whatever she said, he said, from Sweet Hill, Alabama. and it was uh, Reese's. And so I was delighted <laughs> with that, dying day for never ages. Uh, I only asked her one or two questions at the premiere of Water for Elephants with Rob Pattinson. Oh, yeah, 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 it a great movie. And when I saw her in real life, she's like four down, she's tiny. <laughs> well, she was back then, so I was like, mm-hmm, Yeah, no, we're not so like in the flesh, but uh. Yeah, it was a it was a great time. It was a busy time, but definitely when I became a mom, those last minute phone calls. You free to go to London? Yeah. It was okay. Like,
2: oh, don't ask me. Ask one of the others. So
1: Finn is nine. Yeah, correct. On okay. New Year's Eve, I yeah, was born uh, oh, on New Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah, and Aww. JJ came fourteen months later. He is a leapling, so he will officially finally turn two on the twenty ninth of February in a couple <laughs> wow. of weeks. Yeah, yeah, and then Eve is five, five
2: and a half. Amazing. God, that's busy.
1: They were busy, yeah. I two under two for a long time actually. And I remember interviewing Jamie Dorn and when his movie, oh, The Siege of what's that one where he was a soldier? It was a true story. Siege of Oh, I'm gonna look back on this. I can't help you. Jotted Phil, I think. The Siege of Jotted Phil, I think. I hope I'm not doing a disservice to anyone who had uh granddads who who served there, but it was a, a premiere in the Savoy. And I remember saying to him, I belong in the same club as you, the two hundred two, and I actually was like, He looked at me in such a way, I was like, I know I get you. I could see the the tiredness and you know, he was hanging on. <laughs> By, uh, by a thread and he was like oh yeah it's tough going I was like yeah I was like actually I should really talk to your wife because I'm sure she's the one doing all the work at home <laughs> but uh, yeah it was busy having two, under two and then I kind of missed not having that because I felt like I kind of wore that as a badge of honour like yes I have had two boys very close together and John will always say every household should have a two year old because they are so joyful mm. children at that age in yeah. particular because the words are coming and the personalities are getting bigger and yeah, bigger it's Magic. so I probably do miss that stage yeah it was a busy time Busy time no so abreast. you did expose for how long I think I did it for about 12 or 13 years. And then when I was on maternity leave with Eve, who's now five and a half, uh, my boss at the time, Victoria Bryan, asked what I do, Ireland Am. I said, are you having a laugh? Like, no, it's so early. There's no way I could cope. And I remember her pointing to Holly Willoughby at the time, who was presenting this morning. She was like, Karen, you're our version of that, basically. And she was like, we really see you in that role. And I was like, really? Because like the current affairs stuff that, you know, is a a big part of Ireland Am isn't my bag. And I was like, I'm going to be such an imposter. I'm such a fraud going in there. But uh, it worked out in the sense that Kira Doherty was on maternity leave. So I started filling in for her and then filling in a bit more. So then I ended up being there over COVID and everything. So it was a really strange time to work on that show.
2: Yeah, Mm. and as somebody who might not be into current affairs like mm. yeah did you find those interviews with ministers a bit just a bit scary I suppose? can
1: I say I would shit the bed every single time 100% yeah. yeah it just and for people who are into it they love it but yeah. then because I'm not into it I feel like stupid then because I was like oh god if I ask this question like I remember during Covid Paul Reid who was you know the head of the HSE at the time like I just used to go oh god are you really tired like how much sleep <laughs> are you getting like I was just far too sympathetic
2: no but that's do like, you know what you're but probably was, just asking oh. the Questions that a lot of people at home wanted to ask. Oh,
1: I don't know. People would say that. It's like there's no stupid questions. I'm like, no, there really are. And like uh Tommy Bo was kind of only just starting at the time. Obviously, like he'd done a lot of sports presenting, but it was his first kind of foray into, into this kind of lifestyle programming. And he was really good at like pushing and pushing. I'd be like, Oh, geez, the two of us can't be mean. And you know, our producer would be there, no, you gotta stir the pot, they'll respect you more for it. And I was just like, Oh god, I just feel it's just not in me to be that confrontational person. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That just wasn't the right fit for me. So uh, so then when I was asked, would you give up six o'clock show? Again, I just kind of bounced around very happily six o'clock show go! I said, absolutely. I won't have to get up at five o'clock anymore. Mm. And I can just stay in that lane of light
2: entertainment, which is where I'm the most comfortable. Yeah. So that's how that kind of happened then. So I'm going to switch now to your, your family of origin because I know ah. that you're the youngest. I haven't talked about family of origin since uh, you do your marriage course. Did you ever
1: do one of them? <laughs> I start talking about
2: your family of origin. You're like, hmm? Yes. That's it sounds very official actually Family oh. of origin I'm not really sure, sure The costers why, why I even said that <laughs> uh, <laughs> But you're the baby And there's yeah. a bit of a gap Between
1: you there and your is. siblings Yes yeah, yeah yeah Zoe my sister Is 10 years older than me And Greg is about 13 years older than me So yeah So I'm the baby boy. good bit Planned by my mum Actually she would say Because Or she would have said Yeah uh, she could see Greg and Zoe kind of having their own lives and, you know, getting bigger and going out into the world. And uh, my dad, uh, hairdressing is his family business, our family business. And uh, he was still opening up shops and she was like, what do I love doing? She's like, I like having babies. So she had me and I just popped along and it wasn't a mistake, wasn't surprised. Maybe to my dad, but uh, no. So oh, yeah, nice little planned third kid. And funny enough, in later years, she had said then, I Maybe should have had another one because she was maybe thirty-eight having me, which is considered older. Like forty-two years ago, she thought maybe she should have had another one to kind of keep me company because I have no memories of like Zoe or Greg ever playing with me or any of that kind okay. of stuff. But I kind of liked it because now I have a lovely bank of memories of doing stuff just with mom and trips with her or shopping trips with her or days out in town. So yeah, it all it all panned out well in the end, and now there's no
2: gap. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking yeah. these about Greg and Zoe, so, you know. Well, why we're here, if if it's okay to yeah. talk about your lovely man, because mm. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Oh, thanks, Sheila. Yeah. And the last few years I suppose you've been trying to navigate life without her, rearing your kids, keeping the show on the road you've had a lot happen over the past it's two years in May that she passed away exactly yeah Um, and she would be so delighted to hear
1: Sheila Shoga talking about her Um, yeah so like that, that she was obviously her passing so suddenly was a major major reason that I was like I know life is short, but God, she was gone like that. We, Mom was wasn't she? sick. Okay. She was on no, Um, like, to be honest, maybe she could have been on some uh, medicine really because it was a massive heart attack in the end. But she, she'd she never had stents. She wasn't taking anything okay. extra like prescription. Um, Didn't go to the doctor. And they were like, maybe we wish she'd gone to the doctor. But like, there was no worry about anything. There was no red flags. But I literally talked to her on a Saturday morning and I hope Amy Huberman doesn't mind me saying this. I, I kind of know Amy, but I remember hearing about her dad's death and I went, oh my God, that is just so awful. And I think I might have even said to Mom, God, Amy's dad is after passing. And then that afternoon, mum was gone. So it's so bizarre. We were talking about Eve's birthday that was happening the following week. John was away that weekend, I remember. And I remember vividly our last conversation I was like, "Mom, I feel like I'm running Dublin air traffic control here I have kids coming here I'm so proud of myself I've got everything going everyone's turning up to football practice at the right time and she's like that's absolutely fantastic now make sure you let me know what Eve wants for her birthday because I want to have it here ready for us so you let me know and I was booking a bouncy castle for mum's garden because it was going to be June the 8th and uh, yeah we had a lovely last chat and then that was it it's the weirdest feeling it's still so weird to say that she's gone it's so weird So weird. And I don't know if that's because of the suddenness that we never saw her sick. We never even had a trip to the hospital. There was no, oh, we're waiting on blood tests. We're waiting on tests. So I think that's probably why your head just can't really catch up with the reality because there's no, oh, but she'd lost a lot of weight or she wasn't looking well. Like she was, she looked fit as a
2: fiddle, you know. How do you, um, how do you feel about not having got to say goodbye? (sighs) In a way,
1: if you'd met my mum, Maybe it's kind of perfect that we didn't okay. because she wouldn't have been, like she was delighted when COVID came in. She was sick of all the kissing and the hugging. don't be coming <laughs> near me now. Oh, I don't even know the person that's coming in to say hello and give us a kiss. Like, so she wouldn't okay. have been, and I don't want to do a disservice, but she just, she was off her time. Like she wasn't, uh, she wouldn't have been like, love you, love you, love you on the phone or any of that. But yet I knew it and I felt it. She, you know, so... I can't really imagine sitting down and having a heartfelt last. Now you've been a wonderful mother or you've been an exceptional daughter. Obviously she would have said exceptional daughter, but so I can't really even imagine that. So that actually, I don't have any regret about that. I do remember it's weird the way the week of Panda, you know, the way it's also crystallized. Now I remember every day in the lead up to it, we had been at our, our holiday home in Wexford on the Sunday because the weather had been so beautiful and, uh, I was working on six o'clock show on the Monday and we never do this like we have a pretty good work ethic in our house so your head literally has to be hanging off you if you're getting a sick day off school right so I always shove the kids in I was very bad during COVID times or, you know post COVID <laughs> times should be more careful but I remember being down in Wexford and I was like do you know what, guys I'm gonna give you the morning off we're gonna stay overnight in Wexford the weather's beautiful let's go and visit Nan on the trip home back up from Wexford to Dublin And I'm so glad I did that because I would never have done that on a Monday random morning when they should have been in school that I called into mum's house. Zoe was there. So bizarre. Like Finn was even playing on my phone. So I've weirdly like a video he shot of mum standing in her kitchen. And so I have a lovely memory of even pulling out of the driveway and saying goodbye. And mum, I remember saying to the kids, now give Nana a hug now, please. And she said, if they don't want to hug me, leave them be. They can come to me. Like, as she would never force that on them. She's like, no, leave them be now. So... I don't think I even hooked her goodbye, which is sad to say, but it, it was kind of nice that that yeah, was, as and yeah. I remember it so vividly, but I don't have regret that there wasn't that. And now you're going and, you know, thank you for everything
2: because she knew it and yeah. I knew it. There is something in that though, or is there? Do you think in the sense that it, that wasn't the norm for you to take the kids yeah. out of school? Yeah. But yes, mm-hmm. that week of all weeks. Yeah, I You just I decided do. to do this.
1: Yeah. I do think there's something in it. Yeah. Just the way it all panned out. And also mum was a private person. So she wouldn't have liked to have been in a hospital. She wouldn't have liked people prodding at her doctors coming in. Do you know what I mean? So Mm. as much as it has been so brutal on us, I try and find the mercy in that, in actually being taken suddenly and not knowing what's around the corner. So much so the mum even wore like an emergency brace and she didn't even have time to press that. Oh, right. So even in that sense, it makes me feel it was lights out. My yeah. brother-in-law, Barry, is a, is a doctor and, uh, and even though cardiac isn't his specialty, uh, he was like, Karen, she would have closed her eyes and that would have been it. So yeah. stuff like that.
0: I just look
1: for the mercy in all of that. Like it's hard to uh, obviously, people obviously go through far more devastating things, uh, but she was the first big loss in my life. So Mm. I try and look for those little mercies along the way when I think back.
2: is the shock of hearing the news though that she was gone. Is that still something that you're processing?
1: Yeah, I kind of replay it and it's it's weird. There are funny uh, little triggers which I don't want to overuse that word now because it is so overused. But uh, I was in Dundrum Town Centre with the three kids and my sister rang. And now I even remember where I was and like the, the sort of travelator escalator thing. And when I'm back there, it's like, oh.
2: OK, yeah. That's
1: where I got the call. Right. So there are things like that. Think about it a lot, actually. You do kind of replay that and how did I drive there knowing, how did I, you know, had to offload the kids very quickly because I didn't know what I was driving home to and those kind of things and you drive past the house and yeah, it is, uh, you don't want to forget it either. So I don't, I'm okay with thinking back on the, the last day of it all, you know, mm. but it's just so desperately sad for anyone who loses someone suddenly like that. It's sad in any circumstance but the the fright you get, even yeah. though the worst has happened, it's still such a
2: fright. Yeah. Oh God, I'm so sorry yeah. because it does sound like he had a gorgeous relationship. Yeah. She was yeah. The best. Yeah. And I would imagine it was also a big factor in the decision that you made. Totally. Totally. And but in saying that, I'm glad I didn't do anything sudden
1: when she did die, as in. Well, number one, she would have told me to get out the door and put the makeup on and do the job. Do you know what I mean? But like, I really needed work. Mm. I really needed that structure in place to get up and get out and all the rest of it. Um, so I really appreciated it. And Greg O'Shea was working with me at the time. And he is just like, he's such a positive person. He was kind of the perfect partner to be around. He's just such a good energy. Um, and bizarrely, what was weird again, a funny thing, he got the job but he'd been there the day I had told people on the six o'clock show. Because like, I was like, guys, I'm going to come back to work after a couple of weeks. But I can't sit here and interview a comedian who it was actually Alison Spittle who was on that day and Marty Marcy, who bizarrely as well, had lost his mum very suddenly. So I was, ta- you know, I was looking yeah. for signs everywhere. Give me all the signs. And Marty Marcy was so sweet. And we had a lovely conversation about our mums after the show. And he was like, he goes, like, you've a long, tough road ahead. You can't, I'm not going to lie. You're very raw. Like your mum's only gone a couple of weeks. But even just talking to him, I was like, I feel so much better even just being around you having gone through and actually... Because he got it. Yeah. And then I... But I did say to them on the show, I was like... uh, please can I mention it? I can't be here with a smile on my face thinking everything's grand. You know, yeah. going, tell us about your upcoming gig. What are the dates? Where can we get our tickets? So I really appreciated that as well. Like they let me put up a lovely picture of me and my siblings with mom, and I was able to say, but Craig was there that day even though he wasn't even, he was just guest hosting that day. So it was, it's it's funny and then he ended up working with me for the last year. So it was again another little bit of synchronicity. Could be nothing totally random but I like those kind of coincidences and I was like, he kind of saw me wobble there and yet he was the person I got to hang out with for the last year So again that was something nice that I did really appreciate you know but yeah work definitely served its purpose I kind of just needed to cover that really raw patch where mm. you feel like you know your, your, your nerves
2: are on show so work the served the purpose yeah very much so and it did seem like you guys had a lovely oh, great. friendship actually very good friendship. Yeah. I mean,
1: I was gutted, I was so much older than him. <laughs> that was my I was like, You're perfect for the job, except that I'm twelve years older, I think. Anyway, like he'd say stuff I mean, he was born in nineteen ninety-four. Do you know what I mean? I was like, Yeah, you know, you'd say something and he'd be like, hmm, and I'd be like, <laughs> oh, you don't remember that? Like anyway. So, but yeah. he is such a good soul and such a lovely person, and he just has a really good energy to be around. So yeah. we had a lot of fun together. You know, it was
2: a real uh a real sweet year to have together because he was such a dote like he really is because right after your announcement he made his announcement yeah I know yeah. we together
1: again and I like that we got to do that together yeah,
2: um, yeah. so
1: yeah so he's pursuing other ventures, and he's an absolute diamond he's all gorgeously loved up um, with Shani beautiful girlfriend and actually really weird we, we both uh, we went on a family holiday uh, the next day after I left the six o'clock show and he was doing a job actually but we were on the same flight
2: I'll stop and did you know that no, no. Tell, like what well, we did. Sorry,
1: we did, but only in the last few days. All right. So okay. we ended up. We were like, oh, let's get them. Let's get the tongues wagon now and work was they rough to join. A, you know, we're going international, getting on a flight for GeoVentures. But, but we you ended both up the same
2: flight. That's gas. So you'd both booked your flights independently, and yeah. then just okay. Yeah. Your life. There's how many in this chat that we're just having here. There've been moments that you're talking about a lot of coincidences. Yeah. And I suppose I, and depends, and a lot of people. You know, think a coincidence is exactly that, but I don't believe oh. personally in coincidences. I believe that everything has its has its own little little bit of magic, bit do of divine you? timing. I do, yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, do, I do you look
1: for robins and white feathers and well, I don't, and... I don't necessarily
2: look for them. I, but I've had plenty of situations in my own life, and I'm a, I'm a realist. I'm really pragmatic. Yeah. But I I've had too many situations in my life where things have happened and I'm going ah yeah, no nah, really something else is going on there. Yeah.
1: Yeah like I uh, one thing that really struck me on Christmas day I went to visit mum's grave and uh, I said I just really want something of mum around on Christmas day so we were hosting our first Christmas first Christmas in a new house and first Christmas out mum and I brought loads so stupid like brought loads of her Delf that she used to serve like Christmas dinner in from the house and as I turned around so stupid if you're not into it like fast forward this bit but I turned around I actually gasped it was a massive rainbow in the sky Christmas day and something in me just meant like that's her just showing that's okay it's so stu- but that has happened with the rainbows a lot and obviously it does because it's Ireland and the sunshine and, and rainy spells but maybe I'm looking for it but whatever it is um, it makes me feel a bit better Yeah, and I'll go back and report to John and he might be a bit cynical but I'm like unless you've kind of lost someone you know you, you just take your comforts where you can there's no harm in it so you feel her yeah. And actually, I remember the priest saying that to us when he was talking to us when we were planning our funeral. She's like, he's he said, you know, when we are older, we don't see our parents every day. But almost when we leave, when they leave us, you feel them every day. And I got loads of comfort from that. Mm. Although I was looking for parking angels. I was like, mom, send me a parking angel. Now. I need a parking spot now. I'm doing Sheila's podcast. and <laughs> so She didn't deliver today. But there's lots of that. that we'll leave her uh, off that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll Just, have a pass yeah. so yeah there have been things like that that she go that's mum now that's, and she loved Robins and so when you see a Robin of course I'm like yeah, yeah, John's yeah. like there's a Robin there and then a bawling crying then you know in the kitchen but it
2: helps me so I'll yeah, take it absolutely yeah Grief changes you. Yeah,
1: actually, I was in VIP that you mentioned, Bianca, the editor, quoted C.S. Lewis. I mean, and then I, I looked at the quote and I'm going to butcher it now, but it's something like, I never knew grief felt so like fear. And I remember saying that to Zoe, my sister. She's like, I'm really scared. And I was like, I know I feel scared as well. Like it's, and as I said, the worst has happened, but you almost wake up with a fear and it's like that, um, not wanting to go to sleep, but you know, or just waking up with a fright. It's, it's really odd and it does change you on a cellular level Uh, like I remember and this will sound like a really odd comparison to draw but I did say on the day like, this is really weird. I'm sitting, like, in the family garden and all me and my dad and my brothers are looking at each other going, what the hell? Like, mom, And I remember my brother going, "Mom, what have you done to us? Like, look, this was just not the way it was supposed to play out. And I remember saying, I said, I feel so weird and so changed. I feel like the day I gave birth to Finn. Because that day, I remember, well, first of all, I, I found labour and all that much more difficult than I was expecting. And I was like, I'm never going to be the same together. I feel like every cell in my body has changed. And I felt that when mum died, it's so weird. My dad actually just texted me something. It's like, when a daughter loses her mum, like then, that's when now I really feel like the mom. And, and another time I ever had a breakdown, I'm sure people could relate, the first time I had to buy the turkey for Christmas, burst into tears in front of the butcher. And he was like, you okay, and I'm in this massively packed butchers, whatever, on Christmas Eve. And I just I said, I'm so sorry, I've never had to buy the turkey before. Mum used to buy the turkey. And it's like that. And I think Zoe, my sister, said that as well. It's like, now the book stops with us like we're the moms and and she, I know Zoe's found that hard like she's really missing mom as that sounding board as a what you do and like she was quite literally the mothership and that's who you go home to and that's where me and Zoe would have caught up a lot or me and dad or Greg you know it's the family home and now that's not there so that's that's yeah. a big hole you know you do feel that void but yeah it changes you so I can't even and, and I lost a parent that's the natural cycle of life so I cannot bear to think about people who've lost Children or something that's not the natural order because it doesn't feel natural when you lose someone in the natural order that, yeah, it does change you. It's Mm. bizarre. And again, it's the only bloody thing we can rely on in life is that we're all going to die. And yet it's such a massive shock when it happens. Yeah. Mm. And then
2: moments like that, I suppose you're not expecting where a wave of grief is just going to hit you. Mm. And actually, I always
1: like when it does, because sometimes if you are feeling normal or happy, you feel weird. You're like, I should feel sad all the time. This is in the early days. Okay. You know, so I'm almost, I'm like, I remember my sister, she was like, are, when are you going to have your mental breakdown? Because you seem okay. Because I was kind of functioning with work and stuff. So that was my other worry. Like, oh my God, I'll be freelance, the phone won't ring and suddenly the tsunami of grief will, will hit me. But I think I'm okay. You know, I think that the rawness is, is gone and I do kind of, relish sounds bad but I don't mind when I get sad or someone mentions her and actually another shout out for Ryan Tuberty he said my sister bumped into him in Glass Thule um, and she said she, he'd had a guest on that day talking about grief and she said to him I just want to say I really appreciate now she 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 didn't say I, my, I'm i Karen's my sister or anything even though I would know Ryan in passing terms you know to say hello to whatever yeah, sure. I haven't met him over the years and uh, she said, I just I really appreciated that guest because I, I lost my mom recently. And he just said to her, What's her name? And Zoe just went, Oh my God, Brenda. And for someone to ask the name, I know it sounds so small, but I think when people hear, Oh, her mom died, her dad died, you go, Oh, well, what what age was that? middle you know, mid-mid seventies or eighties? And you kind of maybe might be a little bit dismissive. So then she said it actually caught her off guard. And then when Zoe relayed the story to me, I got goosebumps because I was like it's such a small thing to say to someone what was their name but in that moment that person is alive again and you get to talk about them and it's almost that thing of don't be afraid to ever say to someone I'm so sorry about your mom,' because I haven't forgotten so you're not going to upset me it's actually lovely that someone remembers that that happened to us. So um, yeah so I I remember then saying to my sister-in-law and again she used it. she met someone on holiday who'd been through bereavement and she said what was your daughter's name and again the the mom got visibly upset because she was just but almost with the happiness to go that she was able to kind of bring her daughter back in that moment and say her name so yeah so that is a very good little life act that I've really taught our family in times of grief but it's actually just such a small thing so we'll always try and do that for someone if they say that to me because it's lovely that that person gets remembered nice, just in that way yeah yeah this and is
2: very deep sorry Sheila don't you be have sorry. me on the edge of tears I knew you would <laughs> oh no I don't mean to I certainly don't mean to um no, but I think it is lovely and and I sense from what you're, speaking. and I, obviously I never met, I never met your mum, but from what you're saying about her, would it be right in thinking that you were quite similar? Uh, yes, I think
1: so. Yeah, I'm probably I'm getting more like, it. my hair is getting shorter. <laughs> so even, actually, it was quite funny, even on uh, Ireland DM, the runner took a picture of me and I looked at it and I was like, oh, and I got a jolt and even, so he was like, jeez, you look so like mum with that picture. And now I'm like... I'm delighted to know whereas someone said you look at your mum like oh Jesus am I looking like mum whereas now I'm like I'm delighted I'm looking like my mum so yeah. yeah there's definitely a physical resemblance is becoming more prominent which I probably am I'm probably uh, very pragmatic like she was and um, yeah I probably am yeah. I hope so yeah. I don't know you'd have to ask the family and see what they'd say
2: you leave such pauses that I'm like, should I keep I know. filling these pauses? No, 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 no. This, I'm the, not used to it. I'm like, this is the beauty. this is the beauty, <laughs> is the beauty like, of us. I'm not used to it. I know. It probably feels kind of scary. Yeah, and I'm like, do I Would have you, to keep talking during talk? the silences? Talk. Oh, please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm real
2: awkward. I'm like, I don't like silences. Oh no, sorry. I don't mean to make good, you feel awkward. But upwards. then I don't want See, to. I'm overfill. just. I'm just listening to you and taking okay. it in it's because really I suppose I have lost grandparents, but I haven't. My my parents are alive, so I haven't experienced the the level of grief that you have. Your sisters talked
1: about though. Yeah her decision to move back saying you know your folks are around so yeah. move back to Ireland you yeah, know yeah. and be uh, there and, yeah. either well, and make it. the moments and, and actually that's one thing sorry I'm deviating now but after Covid and that's only probably one thing because you do go, god her last few years of so much of Covid and us standing in the garden and talking to her through a window but what I am grateful for is that i like zoe was brilliant at the daily stuff checking in with the folks bringing them the shop and all that whereas when covid finished up and things were reopening i felt like i kind of swooped in with the grander gestures and i was like let's book a night in a hotel let's do null and mom we'd never done that before and i feel like we had so many we had maybe about six big occasions over the last year that my brother was like jesus it was almost like we were doing to make a wish we didn't even realize we it was almost it was Had we known the end was coming, we would have done all of these things as well because I remember exactly her Mother's Day. I remember what I would have got her for uh, Christmas Day. Like all of these things. We had so many lovely days. We did like a random afternoon tea out in the Westbury where I spoke about uh, organising a surprise birthday party for John uh, in the July, which she wasn't there for. But you know I remember I have all these lovely vivid memories of her that I'm so glad now I wasn't good at the day to day stuff as my family would testify in terms of checking in and everything but I think when I did show up I was like right now we've got these big memories to hold on to so I'm really glad for that
2: Isn't it lovely for you that you don't have any regrets then? No I don't actually That's great I don't Because I would imagine that is not the case for everyone that Mm. loses a parent Mm.
1: And that was also my thing about giving up work I was like if I don't like I thought I'd have mum around for a lot longer and then I started getting really like what if something happened to me what if I have a health scare or something and I take for granted <clears throat> that there's all this time and then there just isn't so yeah it definitely you do feel like oh
2: should make it count yeah make it count yeah so what is a typical day like you know so obviously this morning Ireland AM yes so today is not maybe a typical no. day right but a day where you're not working yep. per se and you're at home with the kids so what is it like now at home just talk me through what happens in the morning. I mean, obviously you're getting the kids up for school and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. What does it look like? Uh, chaos. Okay. Uh, so noisy. you're in a new house, you said.
1: You, yes. Only, when did you move? We moved maybe five months after mum died. So all oh, of this wow. kind That's of... a lot going on. Because
2: <laughs> they say the moving house is one of the most traumatic things you can do. I think
1: we're in that house because of mum. Like, honestly, John was like, it wasn't really on the cards. And then he was like, do you know what? Let's just go for it. Okay. I do wish mum had been there because it's such a family home and I know I would have loved to have heard her opinions about this that, and what all the rest of it but I do think I owe her that in a way I owe this house and it's it's our kind of forever home now in terms of it's got the garden the trampoline the kids can play the play dates the football we didn't have that before okay so that's been transformative in terms of having two very rambunctious little boys uh so yeah so we're in this house so there's, there's always a plumber calling or an, an an electrician still we're still in that kind of phase um, and it's chaos and it's me shouting at the kids to put their shoes on ten times <laughs> boys don't listen and Eve giving out that I'm uh, hurting her head when I'm brushing her hair like all this stuff like I'm not like I'd love to say I'm going to be like it's going to be amazing to be at home all the time with my kids but like it's really hard going you know there's just those little annoyances so we are flying down to school we're able to walk down to school I come back I'm trying to prioritise fitness now at the age of four Forty-two. Um, so, you. trying to get to the gym a couple of times a week, and then we're walking the dogs. We got a ret- we got a dog as well in the last year, Sheila. So, new house, new dog, and uh, I'm walking the dogs. Like life's so is you've busy. dogs? yeah. I've got two now. What are so, they? Uh, uh, Nige, <sighs> Nige, after love <Nidge>. yeah. <laughs> King Nige. Uh, he's the new. He is Nige. Yeah. He's our puppy golden retriever he just turned one Okay, and he's the size of this table he's some sort of super breed we weren't aware of um, he's absolutely massive and then we have a rescue called Brownie who's 10 and she's from Dogs Trust so Love she's that. a very loyal very loyal servant uh, so but like life is busy even if you were just getting three kids out the door sure. and kind of thinking sure. about what to have for the dinner and doing a bit of housework and then collecting them at 20 past 2 so I've only had about six weeks where I haven't been working, where there have, and then in between all that, we've had Christmas and Finn's birthday and a party, and there's just there has been a lot going on, so yeah it's busy and John as well has retired to a degree yes John uh, used to run Quote Devil Dotty and Pembroke Insurances and our um, little boy Cahill was obsessed with <gasps> that ad. I
2: think I said it to him yes when I moved it years ago yes! obsessed
1: loads of babies work was so weird oh like if he
2: tried to do that he wouldn't have been were able you, to I think, we, I, I, th- I, I think I was trying <laughs> to show you a video yes, that yes I night. do remember but uh, yeah we've so many videos of Cahill just going absolutely crazy for the Quote <laughs> Devil for the Quote Devil he when was he was a small baby yeah, yeah
1: he got he ended up getting Teddy's made and, and yeah. giving them to, to <laughs> customers it was bizarre. He, yeah, he actually. Now, John's story is another story. He, uh, after basically caning it in 30 years of business and, and trying to make it work and make it successful, he sold his businesses. So he is in the second act of his life. So, uh, yeah, so I started looking at him going, hmm, he's having a great time now getting hobbies and stuff. And I have no hobbies. My hobby is going into work and having that me time. So, yeah, so it's it's a very different sort of landscape for us over the the last Two years than it was previously, you know, because yeah, it was just very different for him. He had a very difficult journey, uh, recession, all the stuff. It was all really, really hard for
2: him. Uh, But thankfully, he got a, a happy ending. Out okay, of great. It, you know, yeah. So this is a really exciting and different time for both of you. For you as a family, it's all about exploring oh, oh, new territory, mm. seeing where it can go. Mm. But I mean, that's what's interesting, right? So you, you, you make your. You know, you, you you have your announcement in November, but yeah. then. Which I was actually really glad to do because loads of people just disappear. It was nice to be able to say, guys, I'm going to go. Absolutely. I really appreciated that, actually. And as you said, you know, it would be a lot different if the decision was made to, oh, we're not going to have Karen anymore. Mm. Like that's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's much harder, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So when you are doing it, you're the one in control. You're the one making the decision. And now it's leaving you open to new possibilities because you have done other types of programming. I loved your documentary that you did years ago, uh, Mammy Guilt. It was Mm. the True Lives documentary. I Mm. thought that was absolutely brilliant. Am I right in thinking it was about six years ago? Yeah, because I I found out I was pregnant with Eve while making it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, That was great because look... We've all been there. Obviously, it impacts women more so than men. But parental guilt is a thing. But mommy guilt, mother of divine. But That's you explored it saying. so brilliantly. I thought it was it was, it was it was really great. So that type of programming Perhaps. is something you could explore also. So look, sure you're only a young one. I only forty-two
1: if yeah I don't know but I never had that and people like and, and after that was made it sounds so boring banging on about it but everyone's like are you going to make another I was like I have a day job like I can't and, and, and that only came about because TV3 kind of did a workshop and said right who, you know we want to see what ideas can come from our own staff and loads you know there's lots of different proposals put up and and subsequent there was as well like um, dating the enemy I'm pretty sure was also a result of those workshops and that was really successful and got sold abroad and everything but like, I, I'm not a girl who's good at, I'm like, you're probably brilliant. Do you always have d- ideas on the back burner? I, I just don't. Like, no, I just have nothing. No, no. I have like, what am I making for dinner? Who, whose soccer boots <laughs> were left out in the rain? I have no TV ideas. So like when people kept asking me, I was like, I would actually literally have to stop working to be able to think of something <laughs> that would work. So when everyone asked me what's next, I was like, I'm just going to do the day job. Like, stop asking me. So maybe there's something in that, or maybe there isn't. Like, that's the worry when you step out, that it's like. They're going to go, no, there's nothing for you. Like I basically warned the bosses. I was like, if you don't answer the phone to me, if I ring you next year. So they've been very kind and kind of said, no, don't worry, the door is open. So but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll just decide. Oh, I don't know. I just don't want to. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But isn't it good to know that that'll be your choice, you know? And we'll see, And I am a hyper aware that I'm very lucky to have a choice in this because it sounds very privileged that I was able to step back. So that's, I just want to acknowledge that it's not the choice for most
2: working As parents in that you're la- in a financial situation. Exactly. Where you I just can. kind yeah, of like of course, just,
1: it's just one of those things that I don't want you know, it's i I know how lucky I am to be able yeah, to sure, do that. Sure, sure. I don't want to be yeah. not sound too precious about no, it. No, of know?
2: course. Of course. Um so podcasting is a little different. As we were oh. talking about before we started to record, like you know, coming from traditional media, you get your chunk of eight minutes or whatever it is yeah. to get what you need out of your guest. Whereas we haven't looked at a at a watch we don't I don't know what time it is Mm. we're just chatting going with the flow Mm. how has it been genuinely you don't have to I'm not telling you to tell me oh this is great I loved it but really what was this experience like for you?
1: I was nervous because I'm used to being the one who's read the notes about the person sitting on the upside of the desk so the fact that you even knew facts about me I'm quite flattered because I'm like, oh my gosh, you knew that. Because I'm so used to doing that for someone else. It's actually very nice to hear. Like that you remembered it was even a true life strand that that documentary was or that you knew the kids' names and stuff. So uh, it's very nice. It's very was it weird because I'm a terrible guest and I've, it's, I've, no, you're so normal that I'm like, this isn't worthy of a download at all. But it's just, it's just nice, I guess.
2: So I'm going to tell you from my perspective why I wanted to have you on. So we're not necessarily friends, but I've bumped into you at yeah. different points over the years because of maybe I'm popped into r and or I remember once I bumped into you in a gym. But what I've noticed about you every time I've ever met you is you're the same girl I've met in a studio, or outside the studio. You're very nice. And that's lovely. Thanks, Sheila. And that's really nice. Um, I think you're cool. I, I get the feeling from you that you're a girl's girl and very that you're a, good, you're a good can't pal. I can't really talk to men <laughs> my husband
1: a pretty crap.
2: I just really like you. she oh, Sheila. Yeah, I really like you and I think you're a nice person and I think you're really good at what you do and I'm excited for you to see ah. what you do next. Thank you for being so open. I know that it went to some emotional spots and I, no, I hope you didn't feel too vulnerable
1: no and you know what that's why I didn't talk about mum for so long because it just felt like way too much so I actually feel it's kind of nice honouring her in this way because she was such a massive support and you know was always there for me and was the one watching back the very early Ireland Day weather reports when mm. I'd ring her at 7, half 7, 8 half 8 mum how did I do? yeah you're gone but you're not holding the microphone in the middle of your chat like she yeah. literally was that person for me giving me her feedback so uh, no I kind of like that I'm able to remember her in this way
2: yeah Lovely. Thanks. Thanks, Sheila. If you enjoyed this conversation with Karen, please tell at least one other person about it. I'd be so grateful. And you can also dive back into previous episodes of the pod. I've recorded over 160 conversations at this stage. So there really is something for everyone in there. Thank you so much for listening to Ready To Be Real.